Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. It's here, everybody. March Madness. Hi and hello and welcome to Minus Three, presented as always by Omaha. But as always, the big bully named the NFL has taken all the headlines, even here in the first week of arguably the greatest event on the sports calendar. I don't hold that opinion, of course, but a lot of people do. Hi and hello. I hope you're all set. I hope your bracket is all set. I think I'm going to tweak and cross some T's and dot some I's on my bracket as we go along here with my two pals. First of all, Eddie Spaghetti feeling very good there behind the glass. That's because Darren Waller is now a new member of his New York football giants and then sitting up on top of his manse looking out over show business. It's Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? How are you? Um, I'm great. Listen, no better way to celebrate March Madness than with an awesome NFL Mr. Lister. Okay, you guys Ooh. ready? I want to say this very quickly. Speaking okay. of lists, because I want to get it out at the top. I'm a company man, after all. Extra points. Join a Cousin Sal. Harry and, and not Eddie Spaghetti, but Mikey Meatballs. Is that the trio that uh, that you'll find when you go to the comedy to the Kimmel Comedy Club on Thursday? Get there early, but they're going to be there all day long, starting at 9 a.m. local time all the way through every game playing race to 10. Do I have that all right, Eddie Spaghetti? Any details I've left out? That's correct. Uh, half of the D, Sal and the D3, the AO crew will be there. Um, Sal and Harry with Meatballs filming and recording. They will be doing uh, all day long race to 10 Tuesdays uh, on, on Thursday and I believe Friday as well. So a lot of fun for the arguably the two best days in sports if you really love college basketball. Even if you don't love it. I used to go out. I, I say it every year and I'll remind you of it. I used to go out on Thursday when I was a suit and tie guy, cubicle job, sales gig and all of that. I would take leave of the joint for three or four hours in the middle of the day and I'd go throw it on, but good. And there was never a pang of guilt or anything else that I was sticking it to the man, making money and spending it on booze, watching uh, student athletes play college basketball. I intend to do that again. The problem is the man is cousin Sal. So I don't feel so good about sticking it to him, but he's going to be off in Vegas. Point is I want to throw on a good drunk watching the first round of the playoffs. And uh, anyway, Hedge, go ahead. Give us your Mr. Lister here. And let's get into it. We got a lot of ground to cover here. All right. Here's the here's the subject. Now we're gonna okay. We're gonna start with spaghetti because I think the it's gonna it's a little weighted towards old man and cast. So we'll let spaghetti get get out of the gate, and then we'll go back and forth. There are eight correct answers. I promise you, we will not run this category. Okay. Eight different running backs have led the Super Bowl in rushing two different times. On two separate occasions, these eight players have led, been the leading rusher in the Super Bowl. We start with Eddie Spaghetti. Go. Two different Super Bowls leading rusher. First, I, I come to mind, has to be a Patriot. They're in all the Super Bowls. Um, and who's the guy with, oh man, oh man, I'm running through all the different Patriots backs. Like the, the Dylan. You're starting off in the wrong place, I bet you. Right, Hench? Is that a good clue well, we can get right out of the smirk. game? 
Well, that's a good he's idea. He's not wrong. He's okay. not, not wrong. wrong. Okay. But he's also trying to get one of the toughest names on the list. There are five layups, two very tough ones, and one that's so p- hard. That's why I made the list. Hmm. When I encountered okay. the, the the impossible one, I was like, I got to see how many guys have done this. And now I have this off, awesome eight person list that would have been great had Spaghetti not bumped his head on the first guess. Um, okay, let's pretend. Well, let, we, let him start fresh. Okay, wait, no, I didn't ahead. even I didn't even throw a name. I was just I was just saying. Uh, wait, That's and, true. That's true. You did not throw a name out. We generally take an answer in less than seven minutes when we do Mr. Lister. So <laughs> feel free to throw a name out uh, and maybe come back to that. Okay. W- one, one last caveat. You, you said Super Bowl a champ or just in the Super Bowl? In the Super Bowl. Okay. And that changes everything. In the Super Bowl. Uh, oh, yeah. tw- oh, leading rusher I, twice. Well, cause I was going through Super Bowl winning teams. I wasn't okay. going through the, right. the losing team. Well, there's a few of those on here too. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, okay. I will go... Maybe Shaq and I should start talking about hockey while you're thinking about it, just so that no one will be listening by the time that we're done. <laughs> oh, awesome. get right. I'm getting get berated. Right I love getting I get blindsided a with a question. Like I'm supposed to have the answers at, at, at like at the hip, ready to fire. Like well, that's what trivia is, Eddie Spaghetti. It's not. Hey, here's a homework assignment to get you ready for the trivia question. It's that's what it is. How it's about uh, I'll throw you said you said a tough patron. I'll throw out Lawrence Maroney. Okay. It incorrect. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought he, that would have been the best if that was correct. Um, okay. Okay. Check. Help him out. Just, just, I will say off the top of my, the, the first ones that occur to me are Tony Dorsett in 12 and 13, Larry Zonka in, um, seven and eight. Um, great, great. Correct. Okay. Correct. So, um, now, Give me, give me the hierarchy you laid out there. Like, which ones are the easy ones? How? There's what's the number easy of easy ones? ones? There's five easy ones, including. Um, okay, well then Franco. Franco, right? Correct. Okay, those Zonka Harris, Zonka Franco, and Dorset probably the three easiest. But again, they predate Spaghetti's arrival on planet Earth. So fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay. Okay. Now we've got, I think, two more that are very gettable. Okay. Um, Hall of Famers. All right. Okay. 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 So this is fun because the listeners not two, are playing along. Not three. I listen. You don't got to sell me on it, Bub. Okay. Um, I'm curious about Spaghetti's going to kick himself about one of the hard ones. Oh, so then it's obviously. If Spaghetti's going to kick himself about it, who would it be, Spaghetti? Which one of your fellas? It's got to be obviously one of your Ahmad Bradshaw. Correct. All right. Correct. I wasn't sure. If, I wasn't sure if he was in both. Uh, the very, seven and the, very, and the... very low rushing totals to be the leading rusher in the game, but that is correct. Okay. Uh, two He's times four down. Ahmad Bradshaw. Okay, so now okay, so have... it wouldn't be so. So it wouldn't be what? I mean, wait. Yeah, Chuck Foreman wouldn't have done it because he wouldn't have. I mean, Chuck Foreman could have conceivably. He didn't no, do it in not, eight no. or not in. Yes. Okay. I didn't say him. That's not my answer. I don't, you can't take. I'm not asking. I'm not right, throwing right. it out there to I see if you I, bite. I, I, okay. All right. I'm just moving you along off of Chuck Foreman. Um, 
You know who's so, an interesting one? Who who yeah. could who could be? Is it like? Do you want one that's really wild? A wild guess here? Don't look. Yes. No. I almost went with Mark Van Egan, but I know Clarence Davis led in in uh, in. Although 11. Van Egan does lead in the Super Bowl, uh, that where they beat the Eagles. Kenny right. King is the leading receiver because he had right. the 80 yard reception. Van Egan is the leading rusher in that game. Um, in the in the Plunkett Super Bowl ties the record back to back years. They you have 80 yard touchdown receptions, which goes the longest in Super Bowl history for a okay. long, long time. Okay, so wait. 18, Marcus Allen didn't do it. It wasn't obviously around, so that wouldn't make sense. So 18, 19, you know, I I, I think without looking in your eyes, Hench, I'm not looking in your eyes. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice here and go with Roger Craig. Incorrect. Ah. Um but okay, you're missing Wendell Tyler leads 19, right? Wendell Tyler is the impossible. Wendell Tyler's What's that? He's the other. Wendell, Wendell Tyler, Tyler is the impossible answer. You've unlocked it right in 19, for right? Two different, for, right. For two different teams. And one is in defeat right. for the Rams to the Steelers. And I had, you know, when his name popped up, I was like, that was the name where I went, okay, how this guy did something extraordinary. He led two Super Bowls in rushing. Nobody knows this. Who are the other guys who've done it? So you got Let me give you another one. Thurman Thomas. Okay. Also incorrect. Okay. You've got Wendell Tyler. But he gets Otis Anderson in in rush yards in 25, right? Okay. Uh, I think Thurman does it once. So the, okay. Emmett Emmett Smith is, is one of the easy ones. And then uh, Terrell Davis, Terrell Davis, uh, is also a Hall of Fame. That's a disgrace that I would miss Terrell Davis. Okay. Shame on you, David. Uh, and and then the and then so the last guy is the Patriot, where Spaghetti started us as Antoine off. Smith. Correct. Correct. Mm. What a list. Wendell a one, Tyler. Yeah. Unbelievable. That if, was- if Lawrence Maroney ended up being correct, that would have been the best payoff of all. All right, good time. See, I love it. Don't you see, Mister Lister is great fun. Everybody, it's so. All right. fun. Now let's get into it. I, I, we have a di- we have various ways we can go here. Madness. I think we'll fold that into our our, our best bets as we get on here. I do want to hear what you thought about the Oscars, Hench. But let's get into. Let's see because maybe it'll encapsulate some of those things as we go along here. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Building the perfect same game parlay can be time consuming, but with Quick Picks, the Caesar Sportsbook app does the work for you. Quick Picks are pre-built same game parlays that turn today's biggest headlines, storylines, and games into bets. They're quick and easy to use, and you can't miss them. They're right on the home screen of your Caesar Sportsbook app. Give them a try, and if you haven't downloaded the app yet, register using code OmahaFull, and then place your first bet. If you win, Congrats. If you don't, you'll get your stake up to $1,250 back as a bet credit. If you have a gambling problem in Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier, City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, which is 1-800-426-2537, or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y, or text H-O-P-E-N-Y, 467-369. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Let's do our goat and goat of the week. Hench, would you like to start it or shall I? Uh... Go ahead. You start. I've been Okay, I'll make it I'll make it nice and quick for you as a matter of fact. One, my goat is Han Solo, aka Dr. Indiana Jones, aka um Rick Deckard, aka John Book. The list goes on and on. This guy hasn't won an Academy Award yet. Let's get one for Harrison Ford. I was reminded of it when he walked out onto the stage to give short round his uh, Academy Award or short round who was a part of winning with everything everywhere all at once and it occurred to me i'm happy for short round and everybody else by the way one observation i made that's a little borderline grim did you notice or was it just me looking for it between short round i can't i can't think of his name i apologize um uh <laughs> diminishing to call grown man short round but um who was abandoned by Dr. Indiana Jones sometime after 1933, after they got they left the Temple of Doom and went back to Bangkok Palace. But anyhow, um, him and Jamie Lee Curtis, and when Brendan Fraser took the Academy Award from Halle Berry, these are all wildly successful people by most measures, but they've been through it a little bit. There's a, there's a lot of like, thank you for bringing me back. Thank you for welcoming me back into the fold. Like, this journey, I remember a guy named Kevin Hench who told me 20 years ago, he put it this way. He's like, this business is grim. And, <laughs> and it really is in that, you know, obviously super fun and everything else when things work out your way. But man, it really does use you up and beat you up emotionally and spiritually and otherwise. And yes, there was glee to be seen there in Jamie Lee Curtis and Brendan Fraser and all the rest of them. But there was also this like, Oh, my God, this has been the worst. <laughs> what, what kind of business did I enter into here? Thank goodness I came through clean on the other side. But I would also be willing to trade in those 15 or 20 years of, of living like regular people because I didn't care for it at all. Anyway, let's uh, let's do that. But all these other people are getting their like, you know, lifetime achievement awards. Let's go already. Han Solo is, is who's better in the history of movies. Who's more worthy of an Oscar than the guy who played the characters I just listed for you. Let's fix this before it's too late. That's my lament. Well, Everybody's bummed about who wasn't in the in memoriam thing, which is crazy. Some of the people that were left out of it. If you look at the list and care about um, movies, you'll recognize all the faces and be like, they, they left out Paul Sorvino. What the hell? Um, you want to be uh, left out of that list. 
unless you, unless you died. I don't like I, what's weird though is Mira Sorvino and other people saying like you got to fix this academy. How? What? How are they going to fix it? <laughs> they did it already. I don't know if you heard. Like they can't redo. The, I, I I imagine Kimmel's not going to give up uh, some valuable hours to redo the whole uh, the the whole event there. But anyway, yes, let's give it to before people go. Let's honor them now before it's too late. Same thing goes with all the Hall of Fames and giving out jackets and bus. I like. You know what? It's time to honor him now. Now that he's gone, do it while he's still here. So let's let's take care of that. But would then, you, so are you saying give him the Irving Thalberg Lifetime Achievement Award or or I don't just, care? It, Indiana Jones part whatever is coming out. Give it to him for that. People okay. have won Best okay. Actor for lesser movies. Our I don't money. even have to see it. Fine, okay. just give it to him for whatever. Well, this listen, edition of Indiana this. Jones is. I've been thinking about this a lot because on my commute to the. Fox lot. I'm on the CBS lot today, but I've been listening to the smartless, the smartless podcast, Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes. And I'm like, we, we got to up our game. These guys are unbelievable. I mean, Arnett, I, I can't believe how smart and well-read and fast. And he, he does this thing where he chambers every syllable that the guest has said to rattle off callbacks through. He's, oh, he's just unbelievable. He walks on water. Will Arnett. Anyway, they interview Spielberg. If you're just going to get, if you're going to start with the smart list podcast, um, instead of this, Mr. Lister joy fest, um, you, you uh, <laughs> listen to the Spielberg episode. It's incredible, but he Lawrence talks, Maroney. He talks, <laughs> you're not going to get Lawrence Maroney on the smart list podcast. That's here, baby. We're Lawrence Maroney. <laughs> so, so uh, they interview Spielberg and Spielberg, like coming off of Jaws, what Spielberg really wanted to do was a James Bond movie. He wanted to direct a James mm. Bond movie. And I don't know why Cubby Broccoli was like, no way, not that guy. You don't want Steven Spielberg to direct a Bond movie? That's right. I remember hearing oh, about that. Wow. Right. Okay. You're a great judge of talent, Cubby Broccoli. So anyway- <laughs> Let someone else. So Spielberg, Spielberg's kind of bummed, like Cubby Broccoli won't let me direct a James Bond movie. I'm Steven Spielberg. So then George Lucas says, hey, I got something better than James Bond. I got something called Raiders of the Lost Ark. I got a character named Indiana Jones. So then Spielberg's like, wow, this is great. This harkens back to the movies I grew up on. And I, I, I was talking to somebody about, maybe it was you guys, about that experience of seeing Raiders in a theater and just being like, this is as much fun as you can have at the movies. So, so then Spielberg says to, to uh, George Lucas, Hey, uh, you know, who I think would be great as this character, uh, the guy that you have playing Han Solo. And it is weird. Now it's like, you know, if Daniel Craig is James Bond, he can't also be Deadpool. Right. I mean, that's just it would never happen now. It's like Ryan Reynolds has to be Deadpool. So anyway, they're like, yeah, Harrison Ford's awesome. Let's have him be Han Solo and Indiana Jones could never happen again. And 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 those two those two franchises just rise with with the greatness of Harrison Ford. Anyway, I agree with you. Let's get that guy. His statue. Yes. And by the way, I've told the story. David Feeney and I have covered covered it in detail on uh, Dave's of Thunder in episodes past. But the exchange, look it up. I don't I don't want to tell the whole story again, but look up 
the transcript and it exists online of George Lucas and Steven Spielberg talking about how Lucas sees the Dr. Jones character and his relationship with Marion and George Lucas wants her to be 13 years old. And, or when they had their affair, when she was 13 years old and Spielberg's like, well, George, you can't have a, can't have our hero messing around with a, with a preteen girl. It's like, yeah, but it gives them an edge. I mean, read this. It's it's crazy. <laughs> it's insane. Okay. And then when you, and then when you see the scene, when they're in Nepal in the bar, listen to the dialogue when they see each other for the first time in however many years. And she's like, I was a child. He's like, you knew what you were doing. Like, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Anyhow. My goat of the week after celebrating um, Dr. Jones and uh, Han Solo and the rest of them, I could go Aaron Jones here, but I suspect we're going to get into Aaron Jones talk. Um, So instead, I'm going to make a fan announcement, and this is a meaningful one to me. Not goat of the week, but, you know, really in the running, on the shortlist for my all-time goat. I mentioned Jim Boeheim last week. I mean, got did you hear he got that uh, that poor Syracuse radio guy fired because he was disparaging of Jim Beheim's teams on his way out the door? He does one more thing before he goes. Anyway, he's awful. Um, but my go another uh, another brand in sports that is on the short list for goat of all time in Dave Damashek's eyes, the Philadelphia Flyers. I want to say this: we've had a good run, Flyers. I've hated you for as long as I can remember. You've caused me a lot of grief, a lot of angst, but it's time for me to replace you atop my most hated sports team list. Move on down, Flyers. You are no more now because of your pathetic play, and you you, you left your style of hockey. You should have left it back in the 20s. Instead, you persist with this. You've therefore become completely irrelevant, 1975 since your last Stanley Cup. You are being replaced by... The New York Islanders, you make me sick already with a, the pain you caused me in 82, and then you you did it again to me in 93, and now the three worst losses for these Pittsburgh Penguins all season long, and there have been a lot of stinkers out there for these pens. The three worst are the New York Islanders, once again, trying to muck things up for the, for the delicious brand, the kind of puck we all wish we could watch. The Islanders are getting in the way of that again. Go away, but congratulations in the meantime. You are... My goat of the week, nay, maybe the goat of 2023. We'll see how the rest of this wow. springtime shapes up. But that's a big move in in my heart and in my gut to replace my most hated team, Penn State. Well, it, it really tells you how irrelevant the Flyers are. That's, that's the right. real. That's the headline. Uh, Spaghetti, you got to clip that and send it to our friend Nick Santora. Uh, the the uh, the legendary writer. Who's gonna- oh, he hit me up as soon as that third one ended to let me know. That he remembered another game that uh, okay. that ended four to three. Um, well, listen, um, I I've got I'm going all basketball Ooh. for my goats. Okay, my good goat. We we all know how careers go, right? You you have your little you have your peak, and then you start your decline phase, which I'm deep into at this point, and and. And then I never and, even had one. And, and then there's and then there there's no uptick. Like it's a straight shot, right? So if you look at you, if you grab, I'm sure you what well, you have it right there on your desks. You grab Brooke Lopez's basketball card, right? He's he's going to turn 35 in two weeks, and and prior to this year, 
his statistics are 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 going the way one might expect, you know, and then the injuries start accumulating and that, you know, the points per game goes down, the blocks per game go way down. So not a surprise that coming into the season, Brooke Lopez is 250 to one to win defensive player of the year. He's now the favorite. He he's blocking two and a half shots a game playing 30 minutes a game. His points per game have ticked up, you know, 25%. His he's shooting threes at like 39%. He and so, you know, the Bucs are this kind of this juggernaut with arguably the most valuable player in the league who doesn't have to do so much because there's a 7-1 giant doing all the stuff that Giannis would have to do if Brooke Lopez wasn't there in addition to doing all those dirty defensive rebounding things that that Jan, helping Giannis out there he's just he's just burying three pointers and so when i look at these these nba playoffs and i've been watching the bucks obviously low these last 6 weeks it's like who's going to beat them four times no way they are so deep but brook lopez the goat of the 35 year old career uptick coming off an injury uh bonkers just bonkers and if you look at this team i'm pretty sure i gotta have all these names correct so you would have julius randall brandon ingram jordan clarkson josh hart brooke lopez zubak and kyle kuzma would be your top seven if the Lakers had chosen to keep those guys instead I of doing, this, this oh is my God, a great point. I, I mean, that team would definitely be in the playoffs. That team might win 57 games. And instead you're like, the Lakers are jockeying for the 10, nine game. Uh, anyway, Brooklyn, that, I, I do. I, I think, first of all, you made your low, you brought up, uh, you put the spotlight on him three months ago. So good for you for identifying the rise of Lopez early on in this season. So yes, one, two, I got to say, I think you're doing the Lou Holtz thing that uh, he taught Eddie spaghetti. And now spaghetti has taught you this. Like by announcing, you think the bucks can't lose four games in a series. You're basically saying you're, you're giving yourself the coverage to say like, well, the Celts, they ran into a, but it's like Eddie spaghetti texting us on Sunday morning. Like, well, the Rangers can't win this game against the penguins. Like, come on, the Rangers can't beat the penguins. Of course they could. And I was right. Um, uh, just for just for information, <laughs> you were right. You I were am right. I am not worried about the Celtics' performance against the Bucks because there is no way they will meet in the playoffs. If mm. if the Celtics get the Knicks or the Heat in the first round, they will lose. They Holy do hell. not. They do not respect this coach. They do not defend. They blew a twenty-eight point home lead to the Nets who are trying to tank, by the way. The Nets are, like, not really going for it. The Nets are in this weird limbo, 28-point home lead. The, the Celtics just lost to the Rockets. The Rockets are the worst team in the NBA by a lot. They're terrible. They're also not trying particularly hard. The Celtics, like, the the, the Celtics are going to be so heavily favored in that first round uh, against the Knicks or the Heat based on what they did last year. And I'm sorry – they played hard for Ime Udoka, and they don't play hard for Joe Missoula. It matters. It hmm. matters in the playoffs if you care about defending. Marcus Smart won the Defensive Player of the Year last year. He's not going to finish in the top 25 this year. Like, nobody is doing anything 
defensively for the Celtics. It's just this, it's like very cool, like, you know, Jalen and JT just like getting up their shots. Like it, it the Celtics um, have regressed. They've regressed. So anyway, that's a, that'll be a separate bad goat uh, for when I they- love it. And I will say also what's interesting to me about that observation is that, and you're right about those Lakers. Cause I, I saw, I was watching Julius Randall play the Lakers a, a couple of nights ago. And that thought occurred to me, like how many guys, and what's funny about it is to this Pittsburgh pirates watching sports fan that the pirates, you do that same list. I do it all, all bummed out. Uh, Buckos fans do like, what if you could still have Garrett Cole and you could still have Tyone and you could still have, um, you know, all the pitchers that they've let go and be, you know who they are. Um, they're at one end of the spectrum in terms of success over the last 25 years. Lakers have been wildly successful, but they've wound up in the same place sort of because of the pressure of being one of these classic brands. That's always in the mix for a title. The Lakers, they got scutchy. They couldn't have their success indicated to them like, okay, we're, we're, we're floundering by our own. And they, and they made it way, way, way worse by not holding on to the talent that they themselves brought in. D'Angelo Russell is another guy. I, I, I think you mentioned him, but well, he's it is back. A, I didn't mention him because he's back. Well, right, right. But I mean, after a long uh, trip around the, around basketball America, interesting point. Okay. You got another one. Hench? Yeah. Well, I, that was my okay. good goat. Brooke Lopez, defensive player of the year, comeback player of the year. Um, My bad goat. Okay. So, I mean, we've all we all follow the Aaron Hernandez story, the tragedy. And, you know, the, depending upon which documentary you're watching, you're like, how could this happen? And then when you throw in head trauma, you know, like, you know, they I, you, 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 he got knocked out in high school and they're like, this is when things took a turn for this guy. Like he's brain damaged, like his brain is damaged by the sport he plays Therefore, he's making a lot of bad decisions despite signing a $40 million contract. Um, John Morant's contract's, I think, $231 million. A uh, lot of head trauma, Ja, playing basketball, a lot of head trauma. What's up, man? I don't know like if you've experienced this in the last seven days, but it's like your buddy goes, hey, man, did you see this John Morant thing? And they're like, oh, yeah, I saw that. They're like, Oh no, it's a different thing. Like, oh my God, no. Like, it's like the 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 bad the bad decision making is as explosive as his first step. Like he he doesn't do anything half speed. This guy will blow by a defender or he'll blow by good decisions so quickly. And so then you're like, oh my God, could we be watching this in real time? Like, this would be an insane tragedy if. If this, you know, if they can't right the ship and and get the get the bad influences away from her or whatever's happening. And I just like so it just like made me feel so sad. It also made me think, well, we definitely redrafted 2019 in our minds and moved Ja above Zion Williamson. I don't think anybody would take Zion Williamson's broken down body number one overall now. But then I was thinking, Ja. Even when he's not brandishing weapons, shoots 31% from three. Darius Garland shoots 42% from three. Like that's the di- that's a big difference in a playoff series. So I was even imagining if you take into account the bad decisions and the inability to shoot the three, is there an argument that Darius Garland also jumps Ja in the redraft? Anyway, my bad goat, you know, is is Ja 
and 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 hopefully uh he can he can figure it out and straighten it out because obviously Memphis has a super exciting good thing going there and it 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 would be bad if you're if you're knuckleheaded point guard just bad decisioned his way out of the league. I agree with you and it's weird in the 21st century with as much heat as is on all these guys from high school at least into college and obviously once you get to the professional ranks it's weird when a guy at least to my, maybe I maybe I'm don't know what I'm talking about and I just missed it all but I, there weren't any indications that Morant was sketchy on any level until very recently, right? He's been under our purview for years now. And it's like, wait, what? Who? John Morant? Wait, why did he? Wait, what did he do now? Yeah, it's it's unusual. Um, so I, I I hear your noise. And and Tim Tebow, as far as I mean, as far as Hernandez goes, Tim Tebow, it's like it's like the Spider-Man thing. Like, you know, when he first found out he had powers, he used them selfishly. And I bet Tebow now looks back and, and wishes he had healed Aaron Hernandez when he had the chance to. I don't know why he didn't. But, you know, what's done is done. Eddie Spaghetti, goat and go. Take it away. Yeah, so um, I had an original setup for my Golden Goats, which would have been John Moran and uh, Aaron Rodgers. I have a, an interesting take on Rodgers, but with all the NFL news happening, we'll today, decide if it's interesting. Um, we, I'll, I'll pivot uh, on the Rodgers stuff. We can get into that after, but uh, I want to start off with my good goat, and that is Joe Shane. Um, I knew it. I, I feel like I've named Joe Shane as my good goat so many times, and that's because look, since the Coughlin era Giants team, obviously the last Super Bowl. Um, you know, the, the 2011, 2012 season that ended, it, it's been rocky for the Giants. Like, yes, they did make it that one season in the playoffs in 2016, where they lost Aaron Rodgers and his Packers with Ben McAdoo as head coach, but just being a franchise that was stable and to regain stability and just to be, not be uh, afraid of the moves your GM is going to make or which head coach you're going to hire. Like the, the team was just playing so much better. Everyone seems to actually enjoy each other. There's no more boat pictures where, where the guy, like it, it's just, you're you feel comfortable again. And Joe Shane makes his move, gets the the Kadarius Tony pick, which is pick 100 for Darren Waller. You give Daniel Jones, uh, who just recently signed, you give him a, a massive upgrade. You give him a huge weapon, which is what they need. And it's like, I love this move. It's all reward. There's no risk. And if Waller plays 10, 11 games, it gets hurt. It's like you still have Daniel Ballinger who, as your tight end, too, who Daniel Jones has a good rapport with anyway. So, like, there's really no negative to this move. It's just super well done by him. I, I love it. And it, this also ties into my bad goat, which is, like I said, the pick was traded. It was the Kadarius Tony pick. Essentially, the Giants traded Kadarius Tony uh, for Darren Waller, which is a trade I would make. Uh, I know that Tony had the nice punt return in the Super Bowl, but really did not do much at all for the chiefs um, and the chiefs are a team that could afford him because they have the second best player in all of sports and Patrick Mahomes. Tony then tweets today, uh, an emoji laughing emoji. And then he also tweets, get in the field. Then your opinion will matter to me. Thanks management. And he blocks replies. So nobody can reply to these tweets. And I just don't get it with this guy. Like the Giants drafted you at a team that needed a receiver. They needed somebody to uh, to catch the balls from Daniel Jones. It was not like they had four or five good receivers ahead of him. And it wasn't like they were a three or four win team. This was a playoff team. You know, obviously he lucked out and was traded to the Super Bowl champions with Patrick Holmes. But 
Tony had all the opportunity in the world to be a really good star for the New York Giants, and he really just crapped the bed. And I don't get what he gets out of this kind of like constant cryptic tweets and taking shots at the Giants organization, which, like I just said before, once Dable and Shane arrived here, it has been nothing but stable. So I'm just kind of tired of this weird Kadarius Tony business, and I, I just don't think he's going to be a name in the NFL. And again, I know Darren Wallace is 31 years old, and he has some you know past issues and injury issues. But again, this is no risk in this move. And give me Darren Waller any day over Kadarius Tony, who is a malcontent and wants to just you know ruin teams from the inside. Giants locker room is is a plus right now. Uh, and Joe Shane, you get my good goat. Kadarius Tony, you get my bad goat. Stable, oh, Dable, nice. that's like fine. It. I, like I like it too. It. I like the addition um, too, especially when you have a quarterback who who goes at the edge, some who who will roll more often than not out of the pocket a little bit. And when you have Saquon going and you're you're forcing the edge defender to make a choice for that. Now, if you have a tight end who is athletic like that and work in the scene behind a linebacker, and then you're into the second level, that really as they say, puts the defense in a bind. I, I do like that. I get some of the cynicism that he's 30 years old and that's a lot of bank and but, you know, but, his shelf uh, life not I, be great. But but listen, it's a nice move for the for the I Giants, love obviously. it. I love it. Um and and you know better to have a player who's a recovering alcoholic than a player who makes you want to become an alcoholic, right? <laughs> I mean Kadarius Tony is the kind of guy that a coach is like, how do I how long do I have to coach this guy? What you know why? Um, so I think, and I also think like if, if the, if the issue is injuries, right. Every, especially that's not that old. And like, if you just catch the healthy season, like the upside is astronomical. Like that's, you know, if you're a team like the giants, I think this is a great move. I do think though, hench, you talk about, so he works his way there. Um, it does, it, 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 it does with all the movement. It is funny. You know, the, there are teams that just don't engage a ton in free agency. Belichick did two years ago. Cause he had all that loot and it didn't exactly go well. Johnny Smith down in Atlanta now kind of proves that point a little bit. Um, the Steelers at least have done Cam Sutton out the door is a bummer. Patrick Peterson is interesting. At least we'll see about all that. The Patriots don't do anything. I mean, just they don't do anything. And it occurs to me as you see Jimmy G now land in Vegas, if you could just undo it all or whatever, bottom line, wouldn't you rather have Jimmy G as your quarterback than Mac Jones going into 23? Um, you, you, you know, before last season, I, I, anticipated and predicted the the Mac Jones regression the the, the slight regression but I think that you know I, I mean I guess I'd rather have Jimmy G but I wouldn't think that I was going to the promised land with either guy uh now True, yeah it, it, it as the you know speaking of tight ends you know the the Giants got one with a big upside a high ceiling you know the Patriots whiffed in the draft on Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene in the same draft, which then forced them to go out and overpay for Hunter Henry, who's been all right. But the John U. Smith contract was just crippling, like such a bad contract. And, and our, our friend Bill Simmons was like, I can't remember one play the guy made for us. I go, I mean, literally, I, I, I can remember two plays, a pick six that hit him in the hands where he literally he literally <laughs> said it like a volleyball player for the defender to run back to the house and and a and a non-contact fumble where he just 
he just Ray Agnewed it at the goal, you know, uh, like like the Ray. So Agnew. weird too, because he is exactly like that kind of like you know Swiss Army knife kind of guy. They're handing him the ball off in Tennessee, and you're like, oh my god, I'm out. he's he's perfect for what Belichick. Oh, he'll have defenses on their heels all season long with this guy, and it's the exact reverse. The Titans used him every which way, and somehow. Belichick couldn't unlock anything for that. Did basically did zero yeah. the entire. No, they would time do like time. a they'd do a jet sweep and he'd lose four yards. Like it was a disaster. <laughs> hey, but uh, just real quick because I've been thinking about this uh, in our in our twelve month football season. Okay, you know how they do win probability. You know, like the the biggest win probability swing in football history is the Seahawks on the goal line, and right. then Malcolm Butler picks it off. Right, so if. So if Agnew doesn't fumble at the goal line for the Jaguars against the Chiefs in the playoffs, where is that win probability after the Jaguars score there? If Osai doesn't get flagged for the penalty on Mahomes going out of bounds, where's that win probability? I mean, it's 50-50. It's going to overtime, right? Then if, if the Eagles don't, you know, don't get the flag. Where's that win probability? It's kind of nuts as the Chiefs start adding up titles and Mahomes starts chasing the GOAT. Everyone will just forget the fact they could easily have lost all three of those games. It's that- absolutely right. And and by the way, the one I always think about is and we've as we have had this rolling debate about Patrick Mahomes versus Connor McDavid versus Shoei Atani and so on. The one thing I do say is like we are basing the Mahomes thing on the immediate results that he won the Lombardi, because if Jalen Hurts doesn't lateral the ball to nobody behind him in the second quarter, then the Eagles probably win the Super Bowl. You know, he dropped the ball for no good reason. They scooped it up. That altered the game, obviously, wildly. They would have gone into the locker room with an even bigger deficit. Yeah, I it is. Very, but that you know what? Football is, I guess, kind of that thing. You know, I, I guess we can. I, I, you know, I love what ifing stuff. So yes, I, I will indulge that. And yes, you could do that. By the way, could do that with Tom Brady and the Patriots too. You could I, take well, away very pretty similar. much all their Super Bowls, or you could also give them five more too. It's it, it's, it's funny how that it's crazy. How many games come down to a play? Uh, Wendell Tyler, nobody, nobody. But you, you, you would have thought because he snapped Wendell off his head that he had the biggest. He had the biggest run of the season against the Steelers in um, 1979, and in fact, it was January of 1980 when he did it. But early in that uh, in that Super Bowl, he snapped off a big one. Then Lawrence McCutcheon threw a touchdown pass in that game. Oh, it's a dandy watch. Um, Spaghetti, you have a bad goat for us. Yeah, my bad. My, my bad goat was Tony. You already Tony. did it. You already did it. Yeah. And Kadarius Tony. It By was, the way, I, I hate to say this because I've been saying it for a while and it was proven correct that Kadarius Doney is going to make a difference in a big playoff game for them. I did say that. I know it's a broad statement, but it was proven correct. Um, I think I, I think it's very under the radar that longer term, like this thing, like just beef up the line. Patrick Mahomes can make anybody good throwing him the ball. Like Kadarius Tony already is good. He's just a head case. And he might be a bad guy, but I bet he behaves himself again in 2023 because that's a great spot for any pass catcher. He can be the home run hitter for for those Kansas City Chiefs. So I think he looms even larger next year. But I still hear exactly what you're saying, though, Spaghetti. All right, let's get into some picks here real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll say our goodbyes. But before we do, pick this for me, not March Madness related. 
Um, we're getting close to the playoffs, and the Penguins, as I say, have given me plenty of agita along the way here. Really, a, a, a lot of it, and I, I don't care for it. But I try to be glass half full. I try to remind sports fans to to see the the bright side of these things. And again, Sidney Crosby and Geno Malkin are only going to be around for so much longer, Yins. Same goes for Chris Letang. Enjoy them. This is special. It looks like they're going to make the playoffs for a 17th straight year. It's a remarkable run. It probably doesn't end in the Stanley Cup, but it's still pretty neat to be watching this at, and the level that those two are playing at. The problem is the, bu- the bum bottom six is spoiling everything. However, um, I do think they're getting in. What's further? I think they're going to be the seventh seed. My ideal pick of the three realistic options, namely the Bruins, the Devils, and the Canes, I'm still going with the Devils because Vanacek, we, he's a wild card. We don't know what he's going to do come playoff time. By the way, Linus Allmark, we have no idea what he's going to do in the playoffs. They're just such a such a formidable blue line. And the Bruins, I, I'm less confident of the Penguins against the Bruins. Bottom line. I hope it's going to be the Devils. They're even up with the Canes now. Canes slipping a little bit. Svechnikov now out for the year, apparently. So that improves things. Spaghetti, I turn to you next. Who's your pick? Who do you want? I don't think you're wrong with the Devils pick. The only reason why I simply cannot pick them is because it's a lot different for Pittsburgh versus New Jersey versus the Rangers uh, versus the Devils. Just right. The, it's about know, matchup. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, for me, like if the Rangers, I think the Rangers are the better team on paper, but if the Rangers lose a series to the Devils, just like knowing some Devils fans and just, um, I don't want to deal with that. So I think the, the, the Canes losing <laughs> Sveshnikov, um, it's huge. I mean, the guy has what 55 points in like 64 games. Uh, it's to terrible. my eye, he and Natchez are their two most dangerous it's, guys. And, and they, a, they don't have a, they don't have a ton of depth in that regard of like difference makers punching in some big goals for them in big spots. I, I agree. And so you, you take him out of the mix there. They, they do probably become not mediocre, obviously uh, I still one of the favorites to get out of there, but sure. things look a lot better for the Leafs, the bees, the devs and, and uh, your rags there. So yeah, go ahead. So I would say, I would say, well, the unrealistic option would be the Sabres if they get it in because the Sabres have, I believe the third worst penalty kill and the, what the Rangers could trot out in the power play is just absurd. So that would just knowing that you would all, almost be automatic for at least a, a, a special team's goal again would be great Yeah, but you can't catch them you there's no, no way there's no way i'm saying unrealistic but the realistic option is obviously the devils win the metro and then the rangers match up versus the canes without uh Svechnikov, which i think the rangers beat them last year i thought the canes were gonna take a step back this year actually i didn't like the moves they made to replace the guys they lost obviously the rangers took Vinny trocek from them um but now down arguably your best player um is pretty bad and you hate to root for injuries but i think if the rangers match up with them they are pretty lucky it's like if the rangers lost you know Breadman or Zibanejad or 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 Kreider, you can't. It's hard to to succeed missing a guy of that magnitude. Kind of like last year with the Lightning, when they you know Lightning were banged up too, didn't have their full roster. Obviously, couldn't get over the monstrous Colorado Avalanche. But it's just um, never a good feeling to enter the playoffs missing your top guy. You know what's crazy? It really is. As you talk about the Devils and the Canes, at least the Leafs. Um, I I'll tell you. It's funny because the obsession in Pittsburgh is Tristan Jari ain't good enough to get it done and the injuries and everything else. He's almost uh, uh, a better option than a lot of the goaltenders that the teams are going to throw out there come springtime this year. Um, As I'm running through that, by the way, I know you don't want to acknowledge it, Spaghetti, but you could be catching the top team in the in the uh, I have no in the Patrick division. 
I have no interest in playing the um, the Penguins you're talking about. You're not going to play the no, no. Well, you're not going to play the Penguins, but you could fall to the wild card. It's not inconceivable oh. if the pen. I know you don't. I know you can't see it, but it's possible that that could happen. It's possible the Penguins don't make the playoffs too, which I still no, think it's going to happen. Don't talk bad like that. That's not going to okay. happen. Hench, how say you? Um, you know, of of the two choices, Penguins or Islanders for the Bruins, I would rather play the Islanders. Um, you know, I do, I do think the, uh, 87 and 71 might have, uh, a shock the world left in them for one round. And now a quick break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But mostly, I want to get to our picks. Let's do it. Starting, starting with just just because um, I led everyone astray two weeks ago, I did say, bet the Leafs Oilers over, sit back and enjoy you uh, did, these right. Hall of Famers. 7-4, 11 goals, shootout, McJesus scoring, Matthews scoring, just great stuff from the world of puck. And then I also said, um, Warriors hosting the Bucks, the last two NBA champions. Uh, I think the Warriors make a statement in this game. It did go, it did, it, it did take overtime, but they beat the Bucks. They beat the Suns last night. Um, and it looks like the Warriors are maybe serious about defending their title. That said, let's turn to the subject at hand, March Madness. The first March Madness winner, I I mean, the first pick I made on this podcast for March Madness was the year Baylor and Gonzaga were head and shoulders above everybody. And Gonzaga was considerably heavier favored than Baylor. And I looked at those two teams and I was like, these Baylor guards are so physical and you get a better return on Baylor. So I told our listeners, bet Baylor. I think they were plus 550. Um, and they and they won it all and really were were not challenged. Um, I have a very similar feeling about the physicality of Houston, the NBA bodies on the Houston Cougars. The fact that the final four is in Houston, like what are the odds? that you have the number one seed and are, you know, favored to reach the final four. And if you do, you're, you're playing home games is nuts. So it's a low number at plus 400, but I still think Houston is the best bet on the board um, to win it all. Uh, I do like Marquette. Yeah. Uh, plus 375 to win their region. 
plus eight. Oh, I've got them at plus 400, and I'm with you on that. They win the East. I think Marquette um, gets past Purdue and the rest of them. And then Although plus, Duke takes a run at Purdue. I'm just going to chime in with me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. With, for sure. Along and with then you. plus 1,800 if you want to bet Marquette to win it all. Um, then I do think, you know, if you're going like, who, what's the number one seed that's going to fall? Like, it's not a tough region, but I got to think as these, as Alabama has, you know, Alabama has been dealing with this subject and talking about it and not talking about it and what happened and one didn't happen. But now the eyes of the world are going to be on this question. Like people don't tune in. People don't tune in. So it's like, you think you're just going to skate to the final four without having this thing just crushing down on you karmically? No way. So so I I looked at the bracket. I just I take I'm taking Virginia, uh, you know, in an upset there to get to the final four. And then I'm going with the Arizona Wildcats. I've said it before. I'm a broken record officially about this. Tate Frazier put his stamp of approval next to it. Um, I think that I, th- this team has everything going for it. I guess a liability defensively. Um, I like I say, I love Swiss Army knife kind of teams. I love a guy. I love a team that has a shooter who in those 40 minute games, when things start getting tight, you need a guy who hits some big threes for you in today's game. They are they're they're real nice up front. Cats plus 400 to get out of the South. And then my fourth team, I feel like Gonzaga has always suffered the curse of Sposta, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yep. so that you spend all year playing St. Mary's. But then you're a one seed expected to win the whole thing. Now, as a three seed, I like them with a little less pressure and a little less expectation to to come out of that region. So I have Houston, Virginia, Marquette, and Gonzaga as my final four with Houston winning the whole thing. I love it. One A one seed always does get to the final four. I'm going to go with the reigning champions, KU, to do that. To get out of the West, what I consider to be the most rugged um, or uh, or one of the two most rugged um, regions out there. I say they get it done. The pretty juicy for a number one seed plus three twenty to survive um, this year's um, West Region. And then I need your help here. I mean, listen, you fill out brackets. It's not yeah, at this point. You know, I pull back the curtain. I don't jive you. I don't jive jive the man in the mirror either. Am I steeped in college basketball as I was 10 years ago, Nate, 20 years ago, when I I, I knew it all at one point? I was it, it was way up there. At this point, with the one and dones and it overlapping with pro football and college football and hockey's, I I I just am not um deeply informed. So I'm I'm a little bit more like most people filling out my brackets. It's okay. The bottom line for me is it's cool if I go with the Hoosiers and Pitt here, right? I mean, I'm allowed to do that. No one's going to resent me for doing that. To wit, I'm taking the Pitt Panthers. If it's not too late for you to get in on this one, it's a late tip there. Federico, Federico. He may not be out there. His teammates will be. That's enough for me. I say plus two and a half. The Pitt Panthers get by Mississippi State. They're going to get by Iowa State too and go to the Sweet 16. Why? Because I want it to happen. Chance if that happens, they could catch the Indiana Hoosiers on the other side. Is it wrong for me? I'm going to go against Hench's pick there, the Houston Cougars. I'm going to take the Hoosiers to get past the Canes and then get past the Cougars and then play the Longhorns in the regional final. Texas will likely beat them up as they beat up everybody. 
I'm going to go with the Hoosiers. Is that cool? Is that, are you going to call me a square Listen, for doing I, that? That's I, all right, uh, isn't it? I was going to ask what you think of your Indiana hyphens. If they're if they can if they can make a deep run, those are the two. I, I mean, they're I they're deep. They're they're deep. They're they need you know, as I say, a perimeter score who's a little more consistent than but what they've on. got going but right now. On. But I mean, listen, I you know to your point, like we're you know, there are hundreds of names in this tournament. I have trouble remembering one last name. Don't give me three names to remember, guys. Come on, That's man. Right. Come on, uh, yes, Frederico. Frederico. That's great. That's that's what we need. More of that. <laughs> that's right. Hoosiers to the final four. Pit to an improbable sweet 16 run. That's it for our best bets. Or Hench, if you have to go, I want to get spaghettis in before we get out of here, though. Unless you unless you're like so disinterested in college basketball spaghetti, you're like, I'm not even gonna waste anybody's time. I can get my picks. I can yeah, get my oh, quick. Oh, I'll right, go through them quickly. Right, give them to us. Um, yeah, I think you know Alabama is number one overall seed, but I I don't think they'll get past Arizona. So I do like Arizona coming out of that bracket. I think the Midwest bracket, Houston, um, is the betting favorite uh, from Vegas. You know, to win the whole thing. So I I do see them um, as the number one seed coming out of the Midwest bracket. The East bracket I think is tough. I know I've announced I don't really watch a ton of college basketball, but I have ears and eyes and a brain. I do research. I think that. East bracket has a lot of like, you know, the four C Tennessee Duke at the five C K state and then Marquette, the two and the three. Um, it's going to be tough for Purdue to get them out of that. So I actually like, I, I could see Duke winning that bracket. That's out of the bracket. And I kind of could too, but yeah, yeah. I, you know, it, I guess there's some evidence of the old guard coach leaving. I'm that's why I'm diminishing them. Cause it took a minute for them to get up to speed Duke this year. But there is some evidence in the 21st century that when you put in a new coach, player friendly and all of that, that maybe they will get a nice little bump. They're certainly talented. So even uh, to boost that up, uh, we all know, uh, well, Tate Frazier is on our show and he was on AO and he he did pick Arizona, but he, he has Duke. Uh, almost making out of that bracket, but losing to Marquette, and he's a Duke hater. So I've, obviously Duke uh, is could could go on a run here. And then the last part of the bracket, I, I do think that Kansas will win it again. I think they're the the champion this year. I don't think they have many tough games outside of I know with the Gonzaga the is the curse of supposed to, but I do think they have they'll have a tough game eventually versus UCLA if they both make it that far. And then I guess Kansas just has to get by either you know the UCLA the Gonzaga or whoever wins that lower part of the bracket, and I think they'll get that done. So uh, I do like a Kansas uh, and I guess Arizona making it out of there. I think Kansas will upend Houston. So I have the reverse of what Tate Frazier has and I have Kansas beating Arizona in the, um, in the final here. That's funny. I have Arizona beating Kansas in the final. So we're pretty close there. Um, before we wrap up, good, uh, good luck to your cat amounts. They got in there. Um, Hench. I know that's always fun when your team gets in. I'm one of those now too. It's five long years away from the turn. It's awfully sweet. I know it's even a play in game, but uh, good enough for for my taste with the Pitt Panthers. Before we go very quickly, since he couldn't make a decision in uh, a quick, reasonable amount of time, we kick him to the end of the podcast. Last thoughts. I don't know what else there is to say about Aaron Rodgers at this point, except that he's a gigantic pain in the weirdo now demanding all the bums who he didn't win with in Green Bay. Now, I guess, replace the viable young, good receivers in the Jets. That's the only way that could work out. He needs Randall Cobb to move over there with him. Where Randall Cobb, you know about Garrett Wilson, right, man? Anyway, your thoughts, Hench. Any reaction to well, listen, another you know, chapter? I, I've, I've cited it on this podcast a million times. 
you know, when Aaron Rodgers, the GM, starts talking, it's pretty funny because he clearly has learned virtually nothing about football <laughs> so on his way to the Hall of Fame. He So his big complaint, the first go round with like, hey, management doesn't listen to me, was Jordy Nelson. Management time, Jordy Nelson, exactly right. His take should be, wow, you saved me, Jordy Nelson's decline phase. That was well done. But he's got the opposite view of like, hey, I should carry around these decrepit receivers in their decline phase. I don't know. Maybe it's an ayahuasca thing or LSD. Maybe he just wants his guy to to uh, drop acid with. I don't like what I can't. (laughs) Garrett Wilson is going to the Pro Bowl, man. That guy's unreal. Uh, He was good. It's almost like, you know, it's like Aaron Rodgers should have said like, just because you're a successful comedian, or what the what the Packers just said, you're a successful comedian, but we're comedy writers. You understand? Yeah, you know, oh, just uh, defer to us. Let us, let us do the right. That's a good. That's, that's a, a great analogy. A relatable analogy. Totally relatable. Um. All right. Great stuff. Good times. We've said it all. Um. I think. And guess what? I suspect we're going to have plenty of time to talk about Aaron Rodgers all through this offseason. Who knows? Even by the end of this week, we may even have a decision from that weirdo about what team he's going to play for. Don't that don't sleep on retirement at this point. It's getting so weird. Who knows what he might do? All right. Great times. Hench. Good catching up with you. Enjoy the first. If you want to, if you find a few hours free on Thursday and you want to throw it on real good, watching basketball, you know who to call Dave Damashek. That's who. All right. There goes Hench. There goes Eddie Spaghetti. Here goes Dave Damashek. Here comes tip-off, March Madness. Get your brackets in. We'll be back later in the week, actually. As you notice, we had Hench early on so we could get his best bets for March Madness. We'll have somebody for you um, later in the week. Until then, for Eddie Spaghetti, Kevin Hench, and everybody at the Extra Points Network, reminder, go see um, uh, the uh, Race to 10 with Sal and Harry. And Mikey Meatballs on Thursday, Comedy Kimmel Club in Las Vegas. If you're anywhere near there, best place to watch the tournament um, on the first day. And we'll be back later in the week to talk about all of it for you. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>